during this difficult time. A State of Siege Here, by the downslope of hills, facing the sunset and time's muzzle, near gardens with severed shadows, we do what the prisoners do and what the unemployed do. We nurture hope. A country on the verge of dawn, we have become less intelligent because we stare into victory's hour. No night and our artillery glisten night. Our enemies are sleepless and our enemies ignite the light for us in the blackness of shelters. Here, after Job's poems, we waited for no one. Here, no I. Here, Adam recalls his clay. This siege will extend until we teach our enemies paradigms of our Jahili poetry. The sky is leaden at twilight, orange at night. As for the hearts, they've remained neutral like fence flowers. In siege, life becomes the time between remembering life's beginning and forgetting its end. Life. Life in its entirety. Life with its shortcomings, hosts, neighboring stars that are timeless, and immigrant clouds that are placeless. And life here asks, how do we bring it back to life? Here, by upslopes of smoke, on the house steps, there is no time for time. We do what ascenders to Allah do, forget pain. Pain is that a housewife doesn't hang up her clothesline in the morning and that she's satisfied with this flag's cleanliness. No Homeric echo to a thing here. Myths knock on our doors when we need them. No Homeric echo to a thing. Here, a general excavates for a country sleeping beneath the rubble of upcoming Troy. The soldiers measure the distance between being and non-being with a tank's scope. We measure the distance between our bodies and mortar shells with the sixth sense. You, standing at the doorstep, enter and drink Arabic coffee with us. You might sense you're human like us. You, standing at the doorstep of houses, get out of our mornings. We need reassurance that we are humans like you. We find time for entertainment. We throw dice or flip through our papers for news of yesterday's wounded and read the horoscope column. In the year 2002, the camera smiles for those born in the sign of siege. Whenever yesterday arrives, I tell it, our appointment is not today, so go away and come back tomorrow. A satirist said to me, had I known the ending from the start, I would have had no work left in language. Every death, even if anticipated, is a first death. So how can I see a moon sleeping beneath each stone? I think to no avail. Of what would another like me think there on the hilltop three thousand years ago of this fleeting moment? Then the notion pains me and the memory revives. When the fighter planes disappear, the doves fly white, white, washing the sky's cheek with free wings reclaiming splendor and sovereignty of air and play. Higher and higher, the doves fly white, 
white. I wish the sky were real, a man passing between two bombs told me. Flash, perception, and lightning are under similes consideration. In a little while, I'll know if this is revelation, or the intimate friends will know the poem had passed and perished its poet. To a critic, do not interpret my words with a teaspoon or bird snare. My speech besieges me in sleep. My speech that I have not yet said. It writes me, then leaves me searching for the remnants of my sleep. And the autumn day completes its golden stroll in a street spacious like church after Sunday prayer. A country on the verge of dawn. We won't disagree on the martyr's share of the land. They are equals here, furnishing us with grass so that we'd get along. We love life tomorrow. When tomorrow arrives, we will love life as it is, ordinarily shrewd, gray or colored, no resurrection in it or end to a killer. If you'd contemplated the victim's face and thought, you would have remembered your mother in the gas chamber. You would have liberated yourself from the rifle's wisdom and changed your mind. This isn't how identity is reclaimed. To another killer. Had you left the fetus for thirty days, the possibilities would have changed. The occupation might end, and that suckling would not remember time of siege. And he'd grow up. A healthy child becoming a young man and study in the same institution with one of your daughters the ancient history of Asia, and they might fall together in passion's net and beget a girl, and she'd be Jewish by birth. So what have you done then? Now your daughter has become a widow and your granddaughter an orphan. What have you done to your fugitive family? And how did you strike three doves with one shot? Alone, we are alone to the dregs. Had it not been for the visits of the rainbow, do we harm anyone? Do we harm any country? If we were struck, even if from a distance, just once, with the drizzle of joy, siege. Is the waiting, the waiting on a ladder, leaning amid the storm. We have brothers behind this expanse, kind brothers who love us, look at us and cry, then say to themselves in secret, "We wish this siege were public." But they don't finish the phrase, "Do not leave us alone, do not leave us." I am the last of the poets who are insomniac by what makes their enemies insomniac. Perhaps the earth is too narrow for people and for the gods. Here, histories gather in us red, black. If it weren't for the sins, the holy book would have been smaller. If it weren't for the mirage, the prophet's footsteps on the sand would have been stronger, and the road to God shorter. So let endlessness complete its infinite chores. As for me, I'll whisper to the shadow: If the history of this place were less crowded, our eulogies to the topography of poplar trees would have been more. Our losses, from two martyrs to eight, 
every day and 10 wounded and 20 homes and 50 olive trees in addition to the structural defect that will afflict the poem and the play and the incomplete painting. We store our sorrows in our jars, lest the soldiers see them and celebrate the siege. We store them for other seasons, for a memory, for something that might surprise us on the road. But when life becomes normal, we'll grieve like others over personal matters that bigger headlines had kept hidden when we didn't notice the hemorrhage of small wounds in us. Tomorrow, when the place heals, we'll feel its side effects. On the road, lit with an exile lantern, I see a tent in leaping directions. The south, too stubborn for the wind. The east, a Sufi west. And the west, a truce of the dead who stamped the coins of peace. As for the north, the far north, is neither geography nor direction. It is the assembly of the gods. He tells her, wait for me by chasm's edge. She says, come, come, I am the chasm. A woman told a cloud, cover my lover because my clothes are wet with his blood. If you're not a rain, my love, be a tree, soaked with fertility, be a tree. And if you're not a tree, my love, be a stone, soaked with humidity, be a stone. And if you're not a stone, my love, be a moon, in the lover's sleep, be a moon. That's what a woman said to her son at his funeral. To the night, no matter how much you claim equality, your all is for all. For the dreamers and the guards of their dreams, we still have a missing moon and blood that doesn't change the color of your shirt, O night. We console a father for his son. May God honor the martyr's face, and after a while we congratulate him on his newborn. To death, we know from which tank you came. We know what you want, so go back, missing one ring and apologize to the soldiers and their officers and say the newlyweds caught me looking their way so I hesitated then returned the tearful bride to her kin alone my lord my lord why have you forsaken me while I'm still a child and you haven't tested me yet the mother said I did not see him walking in his blood. I did not see the purple flower on his foot. He was leaning against the wall, and in his hand a cup of hot chamomile. He was thinking of his tomorrow. This siege will extend until the besieger feels like the besieged, that boredom is a human trait. Oh, you sleepless, have you not tired from watching the light and our salt? And from the incandescence of roses in our wounds, have you not tired, oh sleepless? We stand here, sit here, remain here, immortal here, and we have only one goal, to be. Then we'll disagree over everything, over the design of the national flag, 
you would do well, my living people, if you choose the symbol of the simpleton donkey and will disagree over the new anthem. You would do well if you choose a song about the marriage of doves and will disagree over women's duties. You would do well if you choose a woman to preside over security. We'll disagree over the percentage, the private, and the public. We'll disagree over everything, and we have one goal, to be. After that, one finds room to choose other goals. How do I carry my freedom? How does she carry me? Where would we live after the nuptials, and what would I tell her in the morning? Did you sleep as you should sleep beside me? Did dreaming of the sky's land distress your being? Did you rise safely from your sleep? Would you drink with me some tea or coffee with milk? Do you prefer fruit juice or my kisses? How do I make my freedom free? O、oh, stranger, I am not your stranger. This bed is your bed. Be licentious, free, endless, and scatter my body flower by flower with your gasp. My freedom, make me accustomed to you. Take me beyond meaning for us to become two in one. How do I carry her? How does she carry me? How do I become her master when I am her slave? How do I make my freedom free without us parting? A poet. Whenever absence is your absentee, you get mixed up in the solitude of the gods. So be the bewildered self of your subject, and the subject of yourself be present in absence. To poetry, besiege your siege. To prose. Drag the evidence out of the scholar's encyclopedia to a present that the evidence destroyed, and explain your dust. To poetry and prose, fly together as the wings of a swallow carry the blessed spring. While waiting for you, the hands and my wristwatch move to the left to a time that has no place. While waiting for you, I didn't wait for you; I waited for eternity. He says, "What flowers do you love?" She says, "I love carnations, black." He says, "Where are you taking me while the carnations are black?" She says, "To the seat of light inside me," and she says, "And farther, farther, farther." To love, oh love. O bird of the unseen, free us from the eternal blue and the fever of absence. Come to my kitchen and let us prepare dinner together. I will cook and you'll pour the wine and choose what you like of songs that remind us of the neutrality of place and the mayhem of emotions. On the morning that will follow the siege, a girl will walk to her love in an ornate shirt. And ashen pants, transparent in spirit like apricots in March. Today is all ours, all of it, my love. Don't be too late, lest a raven alight on my shoulder, and she'll bite an apple, waiting for hope, waiting for a lover who perhaps might not arrive. Me, or him? That's how war starts, but it ends in an awkward stance. Me, and him. 
I am she until the end. That's how love begins. But when it ends, it's an awkward farewell. She and I. I don't love you. I don't hate you. The detainee told the interrogator. My heart is filled with what doesn't concern you. My heart overflows with sage scent. My heart is innocent, illuminated, full, and there is no time in the heart for cross-examination. Yes, I don't love you. Who are you that I should love you? Are you some of my eye and a meeting over tea and a nay's hoarseness and a song that I should love you? But I hate detainment, and I don't hate you. This is what the detainee told the interrogator: My passion does not concern you. My passion is my private night, my night that moves between the pillows, free of meter and rhyme. This seed will extend until the gods at Olympus are done pruning the Iliad immortal. A boy is about to be born. Here and now, in the street of death, at one o'clock, a boy will play with a kite of four colors: red, black, white, green. Then he'll enter a fugitive star. We sat far from our destinies, like birds that furnish their nests inside the cavities of statues, or in chimneys, or in tents pitched on the prince's way to a hunt. To a guard, I'll teach you waiting at my postponed death's door. Be patient, be patient, and maybe you'll get bored with me and lift your shadow off me and enter your night free without my ghost. To another guard, I'll teach you waiting at a cafe entrance for you to hear your heart slow down, speed up. You might know, shuddering as I do. Be patient, and you might whistle as I do a migrant tune, Andalusian in sorrow, Persian in orbit. Then the jasmine hurts you, and you leave. To a third guard, I'll teach you waiting on a stone bench. Perhaps we would exchange our names. You might see an urgent simile between us. You have a mother, and I have a mother, and we have one rain, and we have one moon, and a brief. Absence from the dining table. On my ruins, the shadow sprouts green, and the wolf dozes off on my sheep's wool, and dreams as I do, and as an angel does, that life is here, not there. The myths refuse to adjust their plot. They may suffer a sudden malfunction, and some of the ships may drift to a dry, unpopulated land where the imaginary becomes afflicted with the real. But they don't change their plot. Whenever they find a reality that doesn't suit them, they alter it with a bulldozer because reality is an ongoing text, lovely, white, without malady. To a quasi-orientalist, suppose what you think is true. Suppose now that I'm an idiot, 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 and I don't play golf, and I don't comprehend technology, and I can't fly a plane. Is that why you took my life and made of it your life? If you were another, if I were another, we would be two friends who confess a need for idiocy. Doesn't the idiot? As the Jew and the Merchant of Venice have a heart and bread 
and eyes that well up? In siege, time becomes place, petrified in its eternity. In siege, place becomes time, late for its appointment. Place is the scent. When I recall a land, I smell the blood of scent, and I long for my displaced self. This land is low, high, or holy. Fornicator, we don't care much for the jurisprudence of adjectives because the orifice, the heaven's orifice, might become a geography. The martyr besieges me whenever I live a new day and asks, where were you? Give back the dictionaries, all the talk you gave to me as gift and ease the drone of echo off the sleeping. The martyr clarifies for me. I didn't search beyond the expanse for immortal virgins because I love life on earth, among the pines and figs, but I couldn't find a way to it, so I looked for it with the last thing I owned, blood in the lapis body. The martyr teaches me no aesthetic outside my freedom. The martyr cautions me, don't believe the women Zagreed, and believe my father when he looks into my picture tearfully, how did you swap our roles, my son, and walk ahead of me, me first and me first? The martyr besieges me, I only changed my position and my impoverished furniture, I placed a gazelle in my bedroom and a crescent on my finger to ease my pain. The martyr besieges me. Don't walk in my funeral unless you had known me. I need courtesy from no one. The siege will intensify to convince us to choose a harmless slavery, but with total freedom of choice. To resist means to be certain of the well-being of the heart and testicles and of your chronic illness, the illness of hope. And in what remains of dawn, I will walk to my exterior, and in what remains of night, I hear the fall of footsteps inside me. When love falls ill, I treat it with sports and sarcasm, and with separating the singer from the song. The siege transforms me from a singer into a sixth string on the violin. To a reader, don't trust the poem this daughter of absence. She's neither speculation nor intellect. She's chasm's sense. Writing is a small puppy biting void, writing wounds without drawing blood. My friends always prepare a farewell party for me, a comfortable grave shaded with home oak, and a statue of a woman as a witness made of time's marble. But in the funeral, I'm always ahead of them. Who died? Who? The martyr is the daughter of a martyr who is the daughter of a martyr. And her brother is a martyr. And her sister is a martyr. And the daughter-in-law of a martyr's mother who the grandchild of a martyr's grandfather and a martyr's uncle's neighbor, etc., etc. And nothing happens in this civilized world. The age of barbarism is over, and the victim is nameless, ordinary, and the victim, like truth, is relative, etc., etc. Quiet, quiet. The soldiers want 
in this hour to listen to the songs the martyrs listened to, the songs that remained like the aroma of coffee in their spilled blood, fresh. Truce, truce to test the instructions. Would fighter jets work as plows? We said to them, truce, truce to test the will. Some peace might leak into the self. Then we can compete over how to love our things with poetic methods. They answered, don't you know that peace with self opens our citadel doors? To the Hejaz and the Nahawand, we said, so what? What then? Our coffee cups and birds and the green trees with blue shadows and the sun leaping from one wall to another like a gazelle and the water in clouds with endless shapes in what is left to us of sky and other things of postponed memory indicate this morning is strong and beautiful and that we are eternity's guests. A country on the verge of dawn. In a little while, the planets will sleep in poetry's language. In a little while, we will bid this long road farewell and ask, where do we begin? In a little while, we will caution our beautiful mountain, Narcissus, against infatuation with its image. You are no longer fit for the poem, so look toward the passerby. Salam upon whoever splits with me the attention to light's ecstasy, the butterfly light in this tunnel's night. Salam upon whoever shares with me my glass in the destiny of a night that overflows two seats. Salam upon my ghost. Salam is what a traveler says to himself to another traveler on the other side. Salam is the doves of two strangers sharing their last cooing on the edge of the chasm. Salam is two enemies longing each separately to yawn on boredom's sidewalk. Salam is two lovers moaning to bathe in moonlight. Salam is the apology of the mighty to the one with weaker weapons and stronger range. Salam is the sword breaking in front of natural beauty where dew smelt the iron. Salam is a friendly day, pleasant, light-footed, enemy of no one. Salam is a train that unites all its passengers who are coming from or going to a picnic in eternity's suburbs. Salam is the public confession of truth. What have you done with the murdered ghosts? Salam is the turning toward an errand in the garden. What will we plant in a little while? Salam is the caution against the fox's attractive eyes that lure the instinct of a frightened woman. Salam is the awe-strutted the crescendo of a muasha in the heart of a bleeding guitar. Salam is the lament of a young man whose heart a woman's beauty mark pierced, not a bullet or a bomb. Salam is the singing of life here in life on the string of an ear of wheat. You just heard the poem, The State of Siege, by renowned Palestinian poet Mahmoud Darwish, translated by Fadi Judah, and read by Matthew Shinoda. The State of Siege is forthcoming in The Butterfly's Burden from Copper Canyon Press. This reading was originally produced by Voices of the Middle East and North Africa. Many thanks to Matthew Shinoda for his generosity and to Malihe for providing this reading. 
You can tune in to Voices of the Middle East and North Africa on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For Cover to Cover, Open Book, I'm Amelia Gonzalez. of injustice and divine justice, of repression and righteous rebellion, of individual and collective efforts to free the slaves and break the chains that bind us. Honor our revolutionary martyrs. Tune in to Black August Commemoration, Saturday, August 26th from 8 a.m. to noon. You'll hear the archival voices of George Jackson, Rochelle McGee, and Hugo Pinel, revolutionary poetry, and music by jazz, soul, and hip-hop artists. That's Saturday, August 26th from 8 a.m. till noon, right here on KPFA 94.1 FM. With more than half the population of pre-Katrina New Orleans unable or unwilling to return, with the city's education and environment and criminal justice systems still in a shambles, what has happened to President Bush's vow to help rebuild New Orleans and to the outrage most of us felt on seeing the events following Katrina? This week on Sunday Salon, a special two-hour program talking about New Orleans in the wake of Katrina. In our first hour, we'll be talking to contributors to a new anthology by black intellectuals called After the Storm. And in our second hour, we'll talk to two volunteers who've worked in New Orleans trying to help rebuild it and to 